0: Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles that you might have life and here's your host Dr. Lynn Hiles welcome back to the program again this week and uh, I trust that you have been joining us every week as we've continued this study that we're doing on the book of Judges uh, I've quite enjoyed sharing this and uh, I don't know how much longer we're going to do it I, I really uh, don't have revelation on every one of these judges, but I'm going to begin today uh, with Samson. Uh, but we have covered several up to this point in the book of Judges. And uh, let me say before I even introduce this again that we are entering the holiday season, and we just want to say, first of all, uh, Merry Christmas to you, and we wish you a Happy New Year as we come into this holiday season, and thank you so much for your giving and your gifts throughout the year as we come to the close of this year. Uh, We just signed the contract again to stay on this network uh, for another year. So uh, your partnership has enabled us to do that, and so we are very thankful to you for your partnership and all of the churches and the people that partner with us to help us be able to take the gospel to such a large audience. Uh, We have noticed there are significant increases in our podcast and our viewership, and we are thankful for that. Uh, We are catching on. This begins our 14th year of being on national television, and it is nothing short of a miracle because of you, our partners, because I do not pastor. I'm a traveling itinerant ministry, and so our partner base is not from a tithe from a church, but from you, our faithful partners. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our heart for uh, this being the end of 13 years and the beginning of our 14th year of being on national television. We went on in January of 2010, and uh, we have been doing this for some time and have reached a tremendously large audience. Let me just say as well that uh, if you've missed any of these programs, uh, you can go back to our YouTube channel or to our podcast and listen to them on demand. Uh, or if you're seeing this for the first time in a hotel room, but you don't get uh, the network that we are on, uh, what that you're watching, you can get us on YouTube anywhere in the world. And the easiest way to do that is to go to my website at lynnhiles.com, and th- that, that address is on the screen. In the upper right hand corner, there are icons that are pictures of a YouTube or a little looks like a little robot for your Android device or the little podcast symbol for our podcast, all of them will take you directly to what is our channel and our podcast there's uh, I'm all over the internet. So if you want to go to my channel, that's the easiest way to do it without having to give you the links to all of them. It can be accessed from one link. And while you're there, you can look at All the products that we have, all of our books, all of our audio, uh, all kinds of material is there for you to be able to download and enjoy. And, uh, you know, these books probably make great Christmas gifts. Of course, probably by the time this airs, it will be too late for you to order them for Christmas. But uh, they make great gifts. All right, we're going to get back in the Word uh, today. And we've been sharing this series again from the book of Judges, and I'm going to review just a little bit again because the book of Judges starts out by saying, now after the death of Joshua. And the whole theme that we have uh, uh, been declaring throughout this is that Joshua is the Hebrew name Jesus. We contrasted this with the book of Joshua where he said, now Moses, my servant, is dead. Arise now, Joshua, and get ready to take the people over into the promised land. So Moses being a picture, of course, of Old Covenant, the Mosaic system, and Joshua, whose name is the Hebrew Yeshua, English name Jesus, is going to bring you in. So Moses brought them out with a rod, and Joshua brought them into the promised land with a mercy seat. And so we see that book of Joshua as a transition from Law to grace, or from uh, Moses, the leader of the old covenant, to Jesus, the mediator of a better and new and better covenant. So, when we open the book of Judges, we start to see now after the death of Joshua. So, uh, our whole theme is that this book of Josh Judges, I'm sorry, is about what happens after the death of Jesus, who is our Messiah, who was crucified on our behalf. And so, each one of these judges, as you see in the new testament when jesus was crucified and uh, after the death of jesus in the new covenant he hands the kingdom over to 12 apostles and said you will sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of israel and so they were executing uh, if you will what we've shared out of psalm 149 the judgment written and that judgment is not always negative it was a judgment in our favor and what we begin to share with you is that in the new testament he hands it to 12 apostles to enforce what the judgment that he bore on our behalf was uh, so that we could walk in the realities of the new covenant and be delivered in other words these are about god raising up saviors uh, if you will or implementing what the savior jesus christ has fully provided for us in our in his death his burial and his resurrection and we shared with you how that uh, you know uh, in the book of Judges again after the death of, of Joshua after the death of Yeshua after the death of Jesus there are 12 judges who begin to do something in the visible realm all of which are a picture of the redemptive work of Christ in last uh, several weeks I think for five weeks we talked about Gideon who was threshing wheat hiding it under a wine press. that's a picture of uh the bread and wine the new covenant symbol, symbols of of uh, this is my body that was broken for you we talked about jl who had a nail and how that the nail was connected to the nail that nailed jesus to the cross and uh, she put it on the head of Cicero, which means the war that goes on between our ears and she nailed it and so all of them were pictures of the redemptive work of jesus christ so we're going to. And this whole series was really birthed out of a, uh, you know, out of a, out of a, a, a thought that I had when I was speaking to one of my bishop friends on uh, the telephone, and uh, we were talking about, you know, how there has been such a shift, and, and uh, you know, it, it, it seems like there has not been the miraculous like we have, uh, you know, seen in times past. And yet, what happens is, I think sometimes is that when God is preparing to take us into a promised land to eat from uh, vineyards we did not plant and to live in houses we did not build the manna ceases so sometimes god has to shut the manna off to get us ready to go in and eat the fruit of the land and so just because god isn't acting like he's supposed to doesn't mean he's not doing anything it just means maybe there's a time for a shift of us walking in the realities of what belongs to us and claiming the promise of god and walking not on a desert diet but in our new covenant inheritance that belongs to us and i think sometimes that's a maturing process that uh, has to take place when the manna ceases i'm sure everybody was you know after having it for 40 years now god ain't acting like he's supposed to but now all of a sudden there's a shift and uh you know uh you know i i want to kind of uh get to uh Uh, uh, Samson a little bit because when this bishop was asking me some things about after I got off the phone with him I uh, the Lord simply spoke to me just as loudly and as clearly not audibly but in my spirit but it boomed in my spirit and the Lord said to me Samson's hair is growing back and I really believe that's a prophetic word for this season Samson's hair is growing back in other words there is a return and when I think about that, I think about a return to the covenant, because the strength of Samson was not necessarily in his hair, it was in the Nazarite vow or in the covenant. Now, when you think about the Nazarite, the first thing I think about is Jesus, who was the Nazarene. And so there's a return to uh, the Nazarite vow, and to the, there's a return to uh, uh, the true Nazarene. And so, you know, we can see that as you uh, begin to set your focus back on returning to the right covenant, I believe there's also in that a speaking of a withdrawal from a harlot system that we've laid our head in the lap of and moaned and groaned for an hour and a half because the money's good and preachers that are afraid to preach the truth because they're afraid what's going to happen and uh, by preaching the truth. But see, the truth of it is somewhere is that. Uh, we have to return from that laying our head in the lap of a harlot and rede- and return to what we our purpose is, and that is to shake the kingdoms and the powers of darkness, and that can only take place, you know, even as we uh, uh, return back to the Nazarite covenant, and I'm going to cover that even more as we go on, but let me just, uh, with that thought, I, I, I think I probably need to at least mention Jephthah. Uh, because Jephthah, I don't have a lot of stuff on him, but I was thinking about Jephthah as, a, uh, as it relates to this uh, harlot system. It, in, in, Jephthah, in chapter 11 of the book of Judges, Jephthah is the next judge. And it says, Now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor, but he was the son of a harlot. And Gilead begot Jephthah, and Gilead's wife bore sons, and when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, You shall have no inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brothers and dwelt in the land of Tob, and worthless men banded together with Jephthah and went out raiding with him. Now let me just tell you some things that I think this really speaks to me of. Like I said, we're going to talk about Samson as we get a little bit further in here, but I feel like I need to mention Jephthah, at least because I don't have a lot on Jephthah to spend like three or four days on him. Uh, But, you know, these are ordinary people who have got, uh, you know, flaws. I mean, what is amazing to me about the book of uh, of Judges is it's full of flawed people. That God uses. It's amazing to me as we get over into talking about Samson a little bit later that Samson makes it into the great hall of faith in Hebrews, the 11th chapter. He's mentioned in the great hall of faith, and this guy was a character. But sometimes I believe that what God does is sometimes He takes the people who seem to have run the hardest and turns them to become the greatest leaders sometimes. And as I look at this, I'm thinking as I look at uh, he was the son of a harlot, and, and Gilead begot Jephthah. Now, when I think about being the son of a harlot, let me be, try to be as courteous as I know how to. I believe many of us grew up in a religious system that that meant well I when I when you know I I don't look back at the history of where I came from with disdain and I, I honor the men and women of God who did the best they could with what they knew to do but I also know because I've traveled for 44 years that there's a lot of stuff that needs to shift in the American church that's nothing more than the glitz and glamour of a meat market parade of flesh that moans and groans for an hour and a half to entertain people because the money's right, and there's no covenant, no commitment to that. See, uh, the difference between a harlot and a wife. There's a lot of differences, but one of them is you're in covenant with one of them. And but when I look back at this religious system, who has sold itself, even sometimes for political gain, and we, you know, I mean, I look back at the history of the church and I see. Uh, A a lot of stuff that is just nothing more than a, you know, I've seen, I guess, more, uh, you you know, scams and money-raising manipulations and, uh, uh, you know, substituting talent for anointing and preachers that don't even know God from Adam's house cat. When you get behind the scenes with them, you wonder if they know Jesus. And so I believe that there's a system that people have been raised in. And not even just even in the corruption of it, but when we, when I think about uh, uh, this Jephthah, who was the son of a harlot, he was rejected by his brothers. Uh, and I look back and I think about the times that I said I sat with leaders all the time and recently just sat with a group of leaders, and they said, tell us about how your journey and how you came to grace and how you came to the new covenant. And I said, well, I sat in church, and I would hear stuff preached that was full of fear and manipulation, and uh, you know, uh, it, it would, uh, and, and legalism, and get saved every week, and sometimes give them a midweek courtesy dip, and they talk me out of my salvation. And every time we came, it was condemnation and guilt, and uh, you know, it's a wonder and, and, and that that you could survive it. But I would sit there and listen to some of the stuff that was preaching, being preached by well-meaning many times uneducated preachers who thought they were doing what God wanted them to do, but instead it was really pushing away a whole generation because I look at myself and I look at many of my friends who sat in those uh, meetings who have never darkened a church door. And much like Jephthah, who was the son of a harlot, you see, when you're around a harlot system, after a while you will feel rejected. One of the key things that's said in the book of Revelation that this harlot says is she says, I said as a queen and I'm not a widow. In other words, she refuses to reckon the death of her old man, if I could say it like that, or her first husband, Adam. And when she says, I I said as a queen and I'm not a widow, in other words, we have preached to overhaul the behavior of an old man rather than showing that the death of Jesus was my death and that I was crucified with christ and so as a result we try in ministry to modify the behavior of an old man rather than to mature and develop a new man and the more you preach against stuff and the more you preach see the scripture said that the law first corinthians 15 is the strength of sin romans 7 said when the commandment came sin revived and i died and so What we thought was the antidote was actually creating uh, the forbidden fruit principle that made us want to do what we never thought about doing before. And I'm not saying it's all right to sin. I'm just saying that grace is the antidote for it, not law. And so, uh, you know, when we sat under that, I can remember thinking after, uh, you know, sat there, listened to all that legalism and being beat down and browbeat that literally destroyed my sense of value and self-worth, and I found myself hanging out with the worthless men banded together like Jethro them. They were out raiding with them. And so, you know, a lot of people left the church because I used to think after so many times, I got saved so many times, been baptized in so many different ways that I thought, Lord, I'll never be able to live this. And since I can't live this, you know, at least if I'm going to go to hell, at least I'm going to enjoy the ride. And so that system pushed me away to make me feel like, I had no inheritance in my father's house. That's what it's saying here concerning. It said, Gilead's wife bore sons, uh, and when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, You shall have no inheritance in our father's house, for you're the son of another woman. In other words, I believe we've rejected people that we should have embraced. And you see Jesus, when he comes on the scene, he begins to gather the, the prostitutes, the sinners, the harlots, He begins to get the tax collectors and the people that are evidently like these people you see in the book of Judges that have been rejected by a religious system that looks holy, but it's a harlot system. And Jesus, I believe, is really pointing towards Jerusalem when he's talking about the harlot there, and he's talking about Old Covenant Judaism with its centerpiece in Jerusalem and its temple when he says in Revelation, in her was found the blood of all the slain that were the martyrs that were slain on the earth. Jesus identifies who that city is in Matthew 23 when he said, You are the ones who killed the prophets and stoned them that were sent to you, so that upon this generation, talking about that first century generation, will come all of the judgments, all of the woes that Jesus had pronounced in Matthew 23 and in chapter 24. And so they are be- re- reaping uh, the, the uh, you know, in other words, he's pointing to them and said, This is the harlot system. While we think it is the the epitome of what it means to be holy and righteous, it was full of death and legalism and was full of hypocrisy because even the Pharisees who were whitewashed sepulchers and full of dead men bones had been a part of a religion but had no relationship. Are you tracking with me? In other words, a harlot has no relationship, no covenant, no no intimacy uh, with the God of this covenant. And so like Jephthah, I feel like we've been pushed away and uh, banded together with worthless men. But I am amazed as I look at some of the great leaders of our day and I look at the history of their testimonies. I sat with someone recently at a uh, dinner and uh, he was talking about how uh, he walked through some of the same things I did and and had uh, kind of what he called deconstructed, until he literally had almost become an atheist. And he said, I realized I was just the opposite of what I had become in religion. And that wasn't fulfilling either. But when he began to realize, uh, you know, he said, I, in other words, I ran from because I was I, I, I couldn't take the rejection of a system that said I was never, never good enough. And so I said, well, you know, don't give up because us rebels were probably born to lead. And I think that's what's happened in my heart was, that I came to the place that I thought, you know what, I'd sit in those services and think, I I, I believe it was the Spirit of God who was saying to me, this isn't right. I don't know what is, but I know this isn't. And I'm going to get on a journey to find out what is the truth. And if I find it and God shows it to me, I'm going to be faithful to tell the people. And I can tell you that, uh, you know, I've turned 66 in October, And when you've been in ministry for 44 years and you reach about the age I'm at, you start thinking to yourself, I am not going to travel all over the world and preach cute little sermons and moan and groan for people just to entertain them. I'm either going to say something significant or I'm going to go home and sit on my porch. And I believe out of that, God has begun to raise up a bunch of leaders just like me, just like Jephthah, who are saying, you know what, Uh, people are turning to like they did to Jephthah and said, so Jephthah uh, said to the elders in verse seven of Gilead, "'Did you not hate me and expel me from my father's house? Why have you come to me now when you are in distress? And The elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, That is why we have turned again to you now that you may go with us and fight against Ammon and be our head over all the inhabitants of uh, of this land and so he he literally they begin to pursue him because they are looking for somebody who can bring them deliverance from the oppression. Listen to me, preacher. Listen to me, teacher. I believe God is looking for, not God looking for, God has already found some people, but I believe people are looking for someone who can lead them away from the oppression and the bondage of religion and into the freedom of what it means to be in relationship with Jesus Christ and in the right covenant. And so uh, they, they, they call out to Jephthah, and he, uh, he begins to lead them into victory. One of the things, though, that was really a, 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 a kind of a, a quandary for me, and I kind of was thinking as I was laying in bed last night, thinking about this, about Jephthah's daughter. And what Jephthah did was he made a vow then, and he said, you know what, if the Lord will give me victory, I'm going to make a vow that whatever's the first to come from my house I'm going to offer it to the Lord. And his daughter, his only daughter, came out. She came out to meet him in verse number 34. said, "When, when Jephthah came to his house at Mizpah, there was his daughter coming out to meet him with timbrels and dancing, and she was his only child beside her. He had neither son nor daughter. And it came to pass that when he saw her, he tore his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter... You have brought me very low. You are among those who trouble me, for I have given my word to the Lord, and I cannot go back on it. So she said to him, My father, if you have given your word to the Lord, do to me according to what has gone out of your mouth, because the Lord has avenged you of your enemy, the people of Ammon. And as I thought about this last night, I thought to myself, I think what this really speaks to me is about how many times we have in our religious mindsets carried over into the new covenant, things we learned from a harlot system, and it has cost us our children. When I look at this, see, I, I made up my mind a long time ago. I'm not preaching for popularity anymore. I, I I've had enough popularity that I could care less what people. I mean, I appreciate that people appreciate me, but I'm not appreciate. I'm not preaching for popularity. I am preaching for my popularity, because I think at risk of what we have done. In our religious mindsets, we've lost our children. We've lost a whole generation of young people by pushing them away just like Jephthah was because they didn't measure up to our standards. You know, it is easy as you get older to look at the next generation and say, boy, these people are going to hell in a handbasket until you start to see God really encountering them. But what happens is they think different. They look different. They act different than we do. And sometimes I think we, even as we come, let me say this to you. Even as we come into this holiday season and we sit at the table together, perhaps to have Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner, don't use that time together to try to preach to them and put your condemnation and guilt and judgment on them. Don't use that time to feel like you've got to straighten them out for everything that you don't like about what they're doing. You're not the Holy Spirit. He is. A pastor friend of mine said one day, he said, you know what, there's only one Savior, and you're not it. And I think sometimes our children, our grandchildren, our loved ones stay away from us, and they almost dread the holidays and coming together because it becomes the time When we can get them in front of us in a captive audience and browbeat them and preach to them the things that they're doing wrong. Listen, the Holy Spirit already knows how to convict and convince. You don't have to do that. And so, you know, uh, when, when, when you come together, use this as a time to bond and to build relationship. And maybe even Uh, build them up and encourage them in the things that they're doing right. And, and, uh, you know, begin to just take some moments to love on them and to appreciate them and to accept them where they're at and let God do the changing in them instead of sacrificing our sons and our daughters because of a bad covenant. We've lost our children and we've lost our families and we have literally pushed them away like the system pushed us away. But, you know, the scripture tells us in the book of Ecclesiastes, there's a time to embrace and there's a time to refrain from embracing. I believe under the old covenant, we refrain from embracing. But in the new covenant, it's time to embrace. It's time to love now. It's time for peace. It's not time for war. It's time to embrace them. It's time to encourage them. And so as this man who was raised in a harlot system is making the transition, God is giving him the victory as he's executing a judgment that is written, and he becomes a ruler. uh, But the thing is, that, like I said, he ends up losing his daughter as a result of bad thinking and bad covenant. Let's not lose our children. I believe God wants to save the next generation, and they're going to see a great, great harvest come in of our children, restored back into the house of God and back into the things of God. I I believe there's a real move of God among our young people. And so we don't want to miss that. We want to be part of being someone who can speak into that. Listen, I I can't imagine, uh, you know, I have to say, uh, you know, I have to say how honorable this guy was as far as to honor his word. But, man, when it comes to your only daughter, you know, I think we need to shift and realize... It's not about me giving up my children. It's the fact that God loved us, that He gave up His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. And when He stretched out His arms with His embrace on the cross, He invited all men to come and to come back to Him. I believe that's what Jeff is speaking about. Well, we're about out of time. If you'd like to sow a seed into this ministry to help us to continue to stay on the air in our 14th year, become a partner with us this year consider you know even just a small monthly gift it it, small does does not mean it's insignificant it takes all of it and the way to do that is to go to my website there's a place where you can give through our paypal portal either a one-time gift you can set up a monthly debit if you'd like to partner that way you can send a check or money order or you can call the number that'll come on the screen But do it today because we need your help, and God bless you for joining us. Tune in again next week at the same time as we continue this series. God bless you. I am excited to announce the release of my latest book titled The Great I Am. In this book, we will explore the seven times in the Gospel of John that Jesus says, I am. When He uses that phrase, it is always in contrast to something from the Old Covenant.